The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald. Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with John Braham of Equus Mining, which trades under the code EQE or Echo Quebec Echo. It last traded at 1.7 cents for a market cap of about 30 million and has about 4 million in the bank with which to pursue its Cerro Bayo project in Chile. It's in a premier epithermal gold and silver province that straddles Chile and Argentina. And uh, when I say premier, I mean premier because I think uh, it's got a production history in that region of you know upwards of 30 million ounces uh, gold equivalent. Now, Equus is different to the usual explorer type we catch up with because Cerro Bayo has a long production history and comes with a fully permitted treatment plant that has produced high grade gold and silver concentrates for a number of previous owners. Equus is working on a restart plan at covering the T-tail deposit but the story is bigger than that because there is both brownfield and greenfield exploration upside that will add to the story both bef- both before and after production resumes. This one is a bit of a sleeper in, the, in a market sense but what uh, should be particularly strong news flow in coming months should alert the market to the upside from what is a relatively modest market cap. With that I'll say good day to John and welcome him to the podcast. Hi John and thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Okay, John, good idea, I think, to uh, start out if we can just get a bit of a, a feel from where you hail from, your professional background to date. Sure. Well, I was uh, an, uh, an investment banker for 25 years with, with Macquarie Bank. Um, so that was really my career. I worked exclusively, really, in the uh, metals and mining area and, and specifically financing um, junior gold and silver and base metal producers. Um, so the the assets we chased were were, were small ex- included small exploration companies in South America and uh, uh, hence my interest in um, in the upside of these things. Okay, um, now Macquarie uh, background there. Uh, I guess the world is your oyster. Uh, why have you settled on this deal and uh, why Chile? Well, I I I have always liked Chile. Um, as a mining jurisdiction, as an exploration jurisdiction, and have done business here in the past, and know that whilst bureaucratic, you can get deals done and mines built and operations happening in Chile. Um, specifically with this asset, I, I had been following Equus with its uh, exploration asset, Los Domos, for a few years, and could always see the, the synergy between that and the Cerebio operation, which was literally only um, a, a stone's throw away, and yet had been closed due to an accident um, several years before. So for me, the, the opportunity was really to, to realise that synergy, and that's um, w- what brought me to Equus in the first place. Right. And I'm sure you're aware that uh, there's been a few AX juniors over the years uh, had a crack at trying to find a big porphyry in Chile, big copper porphyry, but this one, epithermal, high grade, um, that was uh, of particular interest to you? That was deliberate, yeah. I mean, my view and I think um, our board's view and 
um, and, and the approach we're taking is that we would prefer to be in, as a small company, in a prolific epithermal district where the opportunity exists to develop high-grade resources which don't require enormous amounts of infrastructure to, um, to develop. Um, we have experts on our team in, in epithermal um, geology and, and the area we're in had, had long been identified as a really premier epithermal gold-silver district. Um, and so I suppose uh, it was really only natural for Equus to be looking in this direction. And I think um, for a junior company, high-grade gold-silver is the place that, that we should be. Now, you've, uh, the entry into the project uh, was uh, a bit different. You haven't bet the farm initially. Uh, explain the option deal with Mandalay Resources. Well, we, we, we didn't bet the farm, so to speak, but there wasn't much of a farm. Um, <laughs> So I guess, respectfully, um, the deal we cut with Mandalay really gave us an opportunity to, uh, to explore on, on the Cerebira property, which we'd always identified as being extremely high, highly prospective for further epithermal discoveries, um, and, and not lose the value of that exploration should we succeed via an option to acquire the entire property. And, and it really was, a, I think you'd say, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit for both Equus and Mandalay, and that they get the benefit should we not proceed with um, with all the work we've done, and should we proceed, it was a clean exit from an asset that they'd long ago identified as not being core to their future operations. So, so I guess the deal we structured where there was no cash. However, Mandalay maintain a twenty percent interest in Equus should we should we exercise our option, and they do get an NSR. So they are still; they will still receive a lot more benefits from the Cerebio project than they would have should they have had to put it on care and maintenance for, and eventually close it down. Mm. Yeah, interesting one. Uh, to the point, uh, I understand that Mandalay will actually be uh, reprocessing some low-grade stockpiles uh, in the interim. Um, yeah, So Mandalay's plans, as we understand them, are to uh, are to trial process a large inventory of low-grade stockpiles or mineralized waste as it was back when it was mined um, to really test the economics of that process and and to get the mill um, back up operating at full capacity and 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 realistically at these metal prices to cover some of the care and maintenance costs mm. that, that that they're up for so whilst we're not um, part of that process um, it's a really interesting opportunity for Equus to really get a look at the operation of that plant, plus to see what economics a low-grade waste does throw out. Um, should it be useful um, as a blend project, a blend product in the future? Um, but, but primarily, really, to see the the mill running at capacity would have been an enormous benefit for us. Mm. Uh, good to keep things turning up. Well, will be mm. an enormous benefit uh, for us, should I say. Uh, and just to round off that uh, discussion point there, the option is exercisable when? At any time um, up until uh, January 22. At that point, both parties have an opportunity to walk away should they want, um, uh, but the agreement allows for a continuation for another 18 months after that if neither party wants to walk away. The Board of Equus has always been... Uh, of a of a um, of a mind that, to be in a position to exercise our option and take control before January twenty two. Right. Okay. Now, uh, 
interesting projects uh, with gold at the elevated prices, but we've had uh, silver come up from the rear. Uh, you'd be pretty pleased with the silver price performance recently. Well, historically, uh, Cerebio has produced fairly evenly on a value basis, gold and silver. I mean, Coeur d'Alene mined it at an average grade of 4.2 gold and 345 um, silver. Uh, Mandalay mined at an average grade of about 2 grams gold and 240 silver. Right. So, so there's always been significant silver in the, in the, um, in the concentrate. And whilst... Um, uh, whilst our first exploration success is primarily gold, uh, we expect that over time the system to, to produce um, significantly high silver um, as it has historically. Mm. Um, and do you think silver's uh, moved from, just, you know, sat there for a few years, around $14, $15 an ounce, up to 28 recently? Do you think it's, it's here to stay? Well, gosh, you know, since I've been watching silver, it's traded down as low as three or four dollars an ounce, and as high as um, thirty-five or forty dollars an ounce. So, you know, I'd say that it's certainly got upside in it. Um, I don't pretend to be a, uh, a very good forecaster of where metal prices are going, but certainly the strength in gold and silver is not only um, bringing some interest into our story corporately, but it also significantly improves the economics of any lower grade restart that we may initiate using the um the, the resources in the tai tao open pit mm. so so it's it's very significant for us okay now the tai tao open pit resource that's uh that's due later this year yeah we've got cube consulting in perth working on that at the moment they uh, we expect to have preliminary um numbers out of them by the end of october uh, and and keeping in mind this is all within a kilometer of the plant it's um, it's historic production from the Tai Tao open pit um, was really only utilising um, the the high grade um, parts of the deposit. Gold was very low at the time. Silver was very low at the time, historically low, and so they really only mined down to shallow depths in a series of small open pits. Um, so there is um, real potential for a a restart resource based on expand expansion of those. Very small and um, um, open pits today. Right. And so that then gets fed into the uh, restart study, which is... That's correct, yeah. So the restart study, we've engaged an engineer out of Santiago who's um, very experienced in in building assets in the region, in the Desiato Massif. Um, that, that process will build from and, and build on the resource when it comes out. Um, but, but obviously, we'll also incorporate uh, the, the metallurgy and the uh, permitting and, and the capital uh, required to bring uh, Titao into production. Right. And that restart study, possibly, what, late this year, early next year? Well, we're saying by Q121, so we, we, we would say early next year. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, been able to put any uh, uh, scoping-type figures around it? Not at this time, Barry. Nothing that... Would be would be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, obviously, everyone can refer to the p- previous production out of Cordelaine and Mandalay, mm-hmm. um, and and the grades that they were mining. Um, obviously, from lower grades from Taitao, the um, production would necessarily be lower. Um, but really, we haven't come to a point where we've wrapped numbers around it. Mm. Uh, I've seen uh, the company refer to this uh, dual strategy. Uh, you know, brownfields, greenfields. 
So I guess we've mm. pretty much talked about the brownfield uh, track there. What, what's, what about the greenfield track? What's... Well, I would include in the brownfield, before we move mm. on from the brownfields, is, though, is that not only um, are we pulling resources in from Taitao, but we're also looking at the extensions along strike from existing um, mining operations from the veins that were being mined under the, the Laguna Verde Lake, which is on the property where, in fact, the accident occurred. But further northwest to the lake, these mines we have interpreted to con- these um, pardon me, these veins we have interpreted to continue on, albeit faltered, along strike to the northwest. And we have um, got some really impressive rock chip samples from surface, um, which we're following up with some drilling this season. Um, uh, and so our brownfields is 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 both the um, the existing Tower resource and potentially extensions to that. Plus, what we call our Pegaso um, prospect to the northwest of the lake, um, along strike from where Mandalay was mining reasonably high-grade veins. So that's what we include in our brownfields. Our greenfields prospects come from the, the really the remodelling of the of the system by our geologists Damien Kerber and Guillermo Chacon, and, and from that really built from a base new view on the exploration potential of the property they've come up with a, a number of new prospects and i suppose our our drought master prospect um, uh, stands out where we hit 3.8 meters at 20 and a half gold and 55 silver from 109 meters now we are currently drilling about 40 meters below that uh, to hit it at around 140 or 150 meters we've started that hole um, and, and, and that hole is probably a third of the way through. Uh, results from that will come in September, and we're really excited about that. Right. I think, is that the one where Damien thinks the, uh, the system's better developed at greater depth? That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So, you know, the inverted horse's tail, um, so, you know, the thinner strands up the top, and he's hoping to get down towards the, the, um, the trunk of the tail, mm-hmm. so to speak. Now, tell us a bit about Damien, a good man to have on board with his uh, history in that part of the world. D- Damien, um, Damien has really uh, been the driver of the Chilean operations of, Ma- of um, Equus, um, certainly since I joined, but also prior to. Um, it was Damien who pegged the Los Domos pro- um, project, um, brought that into Equus, pulled some other projects in in the, in the region, and uh, and really provides the the Chilean expertise and experience that a small company like us needs. Um, he's lived in Chile for 25 years, obviously, um, very happily bilingual and, and also really understands the rocks in, in our region. And we're also lucky to have Guillermo Chacon working um, for us um, at site, uh, a very experienced geologist, uh, also experienced in the Desiado Massif um, at Ceremoro, um, and we're, we consider that we have a, a very high-caliber exploration team for our district. Mm. Yeah, certainly a, a quality as good as it gets for a company with, uh, what, $30 million market cap, that's for sure. Well, look, that's right, but obviously the aim of um, the management team and the board in Equus was never to stay as a $30 million <laughs> company, and I guess, you know, and I guess we have, um, you know, we've done our time, we've, we've pulled this deal together. Um, we have very efficiently developed some really promising greenfields um, prospects 
and we have developed uh, we have come a long way in developing a restart plan um, in order for us to exercise our option in 2021. Mm, okay. Now, um, <clears throat> I'm talking to you from Melbourne, so you can understand why I ask questions about COVID. Um, on the ground up there, any uh, any delays being caused by COVID in Chile? Well, certainly on the ground, no. We have a locally based exploration team. So exploration, and that includes our contract driller, who's also from the ASEN region, right. um, from from, um, from from our home region. So the exploration uh, effort has been largely uninterrupted by COVID, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our people are all able to operate freely. The, the, the delays we've had have been firstly in um, lab um, assays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Santiago lab was shut because of COVID and samples have to be sent to uh, Vancouver or Lima. So there's been an additional time involved in that. And also getting getting people from Santiago, you know, consultants, QPs, people uh, down to site is not simple. It's, it's certainly possible. It just takes... Um, time with um, quarantining as it does in uh, a lot of parts of the world um, so it really is delay rather than stops anything we're uh, we're planning or having having process uh, okay well if I now John if I can get you to pull it all together and in, in, for investors in terms of uh, news flow they should be looking out for the next six months or so well yeah for, for certain I mean we have just started our, our latest drill campaign so the obvious the obvious um, answer is that we'll be releasing drill results from um, starting from that, that drought master prospect for the next um, number of months. Um, we uh, are also at all times mapping sampling and um, our targets and, and we'll release results as, as we get in rock chip samples and the like. And, and, over, and as we discussed earlier, we expect uh, both a... a, a, a Initial resource and and to 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 come out in the next couple of months, which will be really the basis from which we you know we can start planning our restart study, or we can develop our restart study and our plans to to restart. Keeping in mind, this whole thing is predicated around Equus op- exercising their option to take control of the entire Cerebio subsidiary before the end of twenty twenty one. Right. Um, it's a quality story. I was just wondering what the share register looks like. Uh, you got any ins- institutions on board yet? Well, we do. We have. We have. Um, in our last raising, we were. Uh, we we're very pleased that we um, that that both uh, Tribeca Investment Partners and uh, Veritas Palisades Gold Corp right. um, both invested a million dollars in our last raising. They're both now on our top five shareholders. Um, uh, Palisades out of. Canada and um, and Tribeca out of Australia, so our top um, you know our top share our top, top shareholder continues to be Jared Toscan um, through his various entities, um, who was a very large shareholder in Equus prior to my involvement. Continues to be a very good supporter, as I mentioned, Tribeca and uh, and Veritas Palisades Gold Corp, uh, and Norm Seckold, a, w- a well-known Sydney mining entrepreneur. Um, with whom we share an office, is uh, has historically been a large shareholder of Equus and founding director of Equus. Yeah, loves his uh, Latin American silver, that's for sure. It's been very good to him over that's the a, years. <laughs> very good, very much so, right. yeah. Okay, well, thanks for that, John. Uh, very interesting story with the, the mix of uh, 
development uh, studies underway, plus uh, both brownfields and greenfields exploration for uh, whatever one wants at the moment, high-grade gold, high-grade silver. So all the best with it, and thanks again for your time today. Thank you very much, Barry. Appreciate the time.